You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we made it to the final hour on this Thursday. Dan and the Dan, that's Dan Patrick Show. Unlock the truth in the new Peacock original drama, Dan Brown's The Lost Symbol. Harvard symbologist Robert Langdon must solve a series of deadly puzzles to stop a global conspiracy. Stream every action-packed moment now, only on Peacock. Go to PeacockTV.com to sign up now. Big game coming up tonight. Patriots at the Falcons. Normally at this point of the season, we've seen a lot of the Patriots in prime time, but they've only played at night once this season. That was week four. They hosted Tom Brady in the Bucks. But New England's quarterback, Mac Jones, was overshadowed in that game because of the Brady-Belichick storyline. Patriots take on the Falcons tonight. Mac Jones is the headliner. He is uh, leading New England. He's led them to four straight wins. He's now the front runner for the rookie of the year, at least one of them. And one of the problems talking about Jones is that people will compare him to Tom Brady. And it's not fair to compare anybody to Brady, let alone a rookie. But I do think you can compare Mac Jones to Tom Brady when he first got to New England. Strengths and weaknesses. Kurt Warner, the Hall of Famer, has made that comparison and said Mac Jones is better in his rookie year than Tom Brady was. So that's coming from Kurt Warner. You know, we're quick to heap praise on early success, and we usually don't have much patience when it comes to guys who are still learning to play or getting into a better system, having a better head coach, better weapons around them. Enjoy the Mac Jones experience tonight because you're going to get a large heap and helping of Mac Jones, and uh, we're going to react one way or another tomorrow, guaranteed. Because this might be a, man, Mac Jones is the real deal. Patriots, man, they're a force. They're a Super Bowl contender. We might go, man, Matt Ryan still has it. Kyle Pitts is unstoppable. These are some of the storylines that we'll be following. The big game coming up this weekend is Chiefs and the Cowboys. Here's Jerry Jones saying that it's not just another game for Dallas. It's not any other game in Missouri, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and um, I'm in cowboy country, I believe, in Missouri. But uh, uh, everybody's so excited over this matchup, and I am too. Uh, I have such respect for the, their coach. I have such respect for their organization. And they've certainly had a lot of success these past several years. And uh, it's got all of the matchups of going in the lines, Dan. They have a great atmosphere. Uh, all of that is there, and they've got a outstanding team. We go up there and could come out of there with a win. It would be a hallmark win for us this year. And the headlines after that game on Monday will be Dallas is the team to beat in the NFC or we have underestimated Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know if there's something in between there. It might be Dak is your leading candidate for MVP. Uh, might be don't count out Patrick Mahomes for MVP. We're going to grab a headliner too. And this is the marquee matchup coming up this weekend. We've uh, talked about this where coaches now will say, hey, it's on me. Blame me. Although not all the coaches in the NFL do that. Matt Nagy, the Bears head coach, he's not taking any blame. The only way to get back to it is say, okay, why is this going on? It's no one's fault other than everybody's. And now we pick the pieces up and we, we get a chance to play a great football team that's really well coached at home. <laughs> and what are we going to do about it? <laughs> It's nobody's fault but everybody's. And uh, would he tell me if they were facing a team that's not well coached? 
because, yeah, John Harbaugh is coming to town. All right, they're well coached. How Maybe about John it? Harbaugh could say, well, you know, we're playing a team that's not very well coached. <laughs> the coach is always blamed for something. Yeah, it's nobody's fault but everybody's. Yes, Bowling. Did he unintentionally say something profound? It's nobody's fault but everybody's. Like, it's not one person. It's the collective. I think he, I think he nailed it unintentionally. He did? Okay. Well, that seems to be just about the uh, the going rate for Chicago Bears. They they may do something well. It's intention uh, unintentional. Eight seven seven three DP show email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dp show. If you saw the first episode of the Tom Brady documentary on ESPN, the star is Drew Bledsoe, who was the former quarterback of the New England Patriots. Drew's going to join us coming up a little bit because he did. You know, when we talk about team players. Here's Drew. He's the star. He gets hit by Mo Lewis. He's got internal bleeding. They take him to the hospital. Tom Brady comes in and basically never looks back. AFC title game. Brady gets hurt against Pittsburgh. Bledsoe comes in, leads the Patriots to victory. They're going to the Super Bowl. Bledsoe thinks that he's going to be starting quarterback in the Super Bowl. Another one for him. And, of course... We know what happens after that. But I wanted Drew to come on and just talk about that feeling of you're watching this happen right in front of you. And and you help this team get to this certain point. I don't know if he realized who Tom Brady was when they drafted him. I don't know if he realized, hey, I'm going to be looking over my shoulder. They win the Super Bowl. Bledsoe flies home, doesn't stay for a parade, and breaks down on the ski slopes in Montana because it finally hits him that he's not going to be the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. And I thought it was just, it was a great TV moment and he allowed himself to be vulnerable with a story that he's moved past, but it's still there because there is this fascination of he lost his job due to injury, came back and helped them against the Steelers. Brady takes over and becomes the greatest quarterback of all time. So he'll join us coming up a little bit. Also, I know that we normally don't talk about the Sacramento Kings. I do. Nobody else does. But nationally, I do because I hold out hope that maybe they'll make the playoffs one of these years. What's it been, 15 years since they've made the playoffs? The Mike Bibby era? I don't know. Is it? Tristan Thompson plays for the Kings, and he is not in a good mood. He uh, is... He doesn't, he doesn't think that he uh, needs anybody to motivate him. I'm going to say this. I think um, no man in this world should rely on another man to inspire them. Point bang player. You could put that in all capitals. I, I, me personally, no one should ever need a coach to inspire you. If you don't get inspired in a game, then you shouldn't be on the court. Losing teams, losing players, you need to get inspiration from your coach. And I'm not, I'm not with that. My teammates better not be with my teammates aren't with it because I know I know guys want to win and they want to win badly. So it's not about Coach Wallen inspiring you. This is not no freaking glory road. No, you got to be ready to play. Your number's called you in the damn game. I don't need no coach to, to, to inspire me. Never that, never have, never will. The day I need a coach to inspire me is the day I'm tired. Maybe he should give that speech to his teammates to try to inspire them. Isn't that what he's doing? I don't know. That's at a press conference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about in the locker room. 
Yeah, but you know how sometimes people use press conferences to get mm-hmm. a message across to other people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paul. This is not like a star player making this rant. He's averaging like 13 minutes a game. Yeah. He's a, a role player. I know mean, oh, he's had some success back in the Cleveland days. It's kind of out of nowhere. Don't you feel, does it feel very out of nowhere for a – I don't know. I don't know what led him to, hey, I'm finally going to speak up here. It is a funny name to be like the vocal leader and source of inspiration for the team. Yeah. That's not really the vibe he's ever given off before, the no, big motivator. because I always think that's, uh, you know, Khloe Kardashian's uh, you know, baby daddy. And that's about it. And, you know, once, like he was in Cleveland. I mean, nobody cares if you're in Cleveland, you're playing. I don't think anybody knew he was in Sacramento, but... I, look, I like what he's saying. I don't know if this means anything. That Should the coach be the one to inspire you? No, it shouldn't. But why is Tristan Thompson the guy who is motivating the Sacramento Kings? Yeah, Paul. This is not the Sacramento Kings basketball I grew up watching. Where there's heart <laughs> and fire and whatever. And Peja Stojakovic? Yeah. Yes, McLovin. Career salary's not bad for Tristan Thompson. Yeah. Try, I have it here. Anyone want to guess? Uh, one twenty-five, <laughs> one one sixteen, one sixteen. All right, that's not bad. I mean, that's not Kardashian money. They make more than he does. He's not earned one hundred sixteen million dollars in an athletic career. He's made one hundred sixteen. He hasn't earned one hundred sixteen. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, he's a he's a nine point eight rebound guy. We are not going to get Tristan Thompson back on the show. Eh, who cares? <laughs> um, I'd rather have Chloe Kardashian than I would Tristan Thompson. Oh, absolutely. Whole question. I like Chloe. Chloe's fun. They're married. No. Oh no. She just has a a kid with her. Oh, okay. Yes. Is there any reason? I don't be, think any of the Kardashians are married. Any reason to be optimistic about your Kings? Is there anybody? No. No. They have so many young, talented players that go through there. I know. Like De'Aaron Fox can put up great numbers. Halliburton. I like Halliburton. Look, I'm the only one who watches their games, I think, nationally. And, and you know, because I hold out hope. It's one of those where I go through the, uh, you know, the, the, the channels, the sports channels on DirecTV, and I'll, I, every t- I'll go by and Sacramento's playing. I'll go, oh, God, I got I to gotta watch. All right, I'll watch them. Yes, McClellan. Usually you say, I'm the only one except for people in the city, like except for people in Sacramento. I think in this case, you literally are the only one. It might be. I, might I don't be. know they get huge ratings. Uh, the Bucks beat the Lakers last night. Giannis went for 47. Chris Middleton came back. Uh, he had missed eight games. He added 16 points there. Uh, the Suns won again. Uh, that's 10 straight. They beat, you know, Dallas without Luka there. So, I don't know. It's, I watched, you know, the Lakers... Um, let me wait till after Christmas here. Let me wait till LeBron comes back and let's see what this team looks like right now. Not good. They're an average team. The Bucks didn't play well. Uh, and all you have to do is how about you don't let Giannis go for 47. How about 30, something like that. But he made his free throws, made his three pointers. And it's just, you know, there are times when he has that ability to do something next level, and there aren't many players who are able to do that. Uh, when we come back, if you missed the Sean Payton interview, he had a lot of things to say. He talked about the referees. Uh, referees should be full-time, 
And uh, I thought he had some some great points there. We'll bring that back. And we'll talk to uh, Drew Bledsoe as well. Coming up on 13 after the hour, this is the Dan Patrick Show. Discover the amazing opportunity Discover gives you. Matching all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. I mean, there's no hidden things here. I mean, that's what they do. No limit on how much you can earn. That's amazing. Even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of the places in the United States that take credit cards take Discover. And that means when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing the word yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This program brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. They go far beyond from their customization options, cutting-edge tech, five-star sales service, financial support crew. Mercedes-Benz Vans are built, equipped, and engineered to be ready for anything. Go the extra mile, taking the all-important first step into an authorized dealership today. Before we get to our friend Drew Bledsoe, wanted to bring back uh, some Sean Payton comments that he made last hour. There was a roughing the passer call in Sunday's game between the Titans and the Saints, and that added to the mounting frustration for uh, Sean Payton. Uh the flag negated a New Orleans interception, allowed Tennessee to hold on to the football score touchdown later in the drive. And the uh, Saints linebacker, Caden Ellis, was flagged for uh, a uh, roughing the passer uh, call on uh, Ryan Tannehill. And he made contact. Like, you know, when they call roughing the passer, like you should rough the passer, not graze somebody's helmet. So I uh, talked to Sean Payton about that. I don't know if you've watched yourself on the sidelines, the reaction in that game, but if they were thought bubbles, I'd love to know what you were thinking. I think, though, look, I honestly, I can recall a little bit of it. And I think in, in you know, back at 10 years ago, I'd have been, I think it was, I was, I may have been thinking that, but I was, I think a little bit calmer and just, I hate getting to the point where it's expected. We're like, you're numb. And, but those kind of things can't happen. You know, I mean, they just, and, and, and I look at that more uh, from an overall leadership perspective and training perspective. And like that, those problems start at the top, not at the individual crews. Well, I'm guessing starting at the top goes to the commissioner there, or at least the head of the officials. But uh, look, Sean has been around 16 years coaching the Saints and of course, what happened against the Rams, uh, you know, in that playoff game. So obviously he's got reason to be a little frosty there. And why don't we have full-time referees? What's it going to cost the NFL? Because the perception is, hey, we're taking care of you gamblers. This is how important this is. You're making a billion dollars off gambling this year, only to make multiple, multiple billions. Make the refs full-time. I don't know if it makes them that much better, but if I'm a gambler, then I know the NFL is serious about this. Let's bring in uh, Drew Bledsoe, the former NFL quarterback, uh, former number one overall pick, and uh, was the star of episode one of Man in the Arena, the uh, docuseries about Tom Brady. Did you know you were going to be the star of episode one, Drew? Well, I haven't seen it, 
so uh, you know, I uh, no, I, I didn't know until right now that I was actually the star of that show. I thought it was about uh, Tom Brady. Yeah, but it's about you and the early days when you got the injury and Tom takes over and Tom becomes the Super Bowl uh, winner. Uh, so you have, you, I know you lived it, but you have no interest in watching this. Well, I mean, no, I'm not going to not watch it, but, uh, you know, I'm up here, I'm, I'm up making wine in Walla Walla right now. So I don't know, we'll see that, you know, I'm, I'm sure it'll, I'm sure it'll come on at some point and I'll, and I'll check it out. But no, man, it's a, you know, that, uh, I'm, I'm still great friends with Tommy and so proud of what he's done. Um, but I'm pretty well versed in the story. Uh, <laughs> that's not, I, I actually, I've, I've actually seen the movie. I was in the middle of it, uh, but, but, uh, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm proud of Tommy and, uh, you know, love everything about the kids. So I'll probably, uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll watch it at some point. But I was wondering that you you made yourself vulnerable. You made yourself available for this, but you made yourself vulnerable because you talked about you guys win the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and you go home, you're on the, the mountains, mm-hmm. you're skiing, and all of a sudden it hits you and you break down. Why did it hit you then? Yeah, you know, well, I mean, you know, when you're when you're in the middle of a, of something like that, you know, you don't, you, you know, you're being a leader and you're, uh, um, you know, trying to do the right thing for your team, and you just have to be strong. You know, you have to be strong, and so I was, I was that through the through all of that, and then uh, once you get away from that, and you no longer have the responsibility of of uh, you know, being a leader for the team and, and uh, wearing all of that, and that all comes off, and now you don't have to be that responsible party anymore. Now you can kind of let it let it sink in a little bit. So, yeah, it was, I mean, it wasn't, uh, you know, that was a, that was a, that was a long and difficult year, but then also had a happy ending. And like, it just was like this most bittersweet thing ever where your team goes on and wins the championship, but, uh, but you're not on the field. Um, you know, it was, uh, uh, it was, it was very happy for my squad and very sad for myself. But you helped win the game against the Steelers in the AFC title game. What part of you thinks you're going to start in the Super Bowl? Because I only I think it was a week in between or they didn't have the weekend between, did they? Did you have the game Sunday and then Super Bowl was next the following Sunday? Yeah, the following week. It was pretty quick. And I think uh, I think like Wednesday or Thursday of that week, uh, Belichick let me know, let me know that uh, that he was going to start Tom in the Super Bowl, which, you know, that, that part was, uh, you know, it's like, you know, if you're starving and somebody gives you a cracker, <laughs> you, know, you haven't played all year. And uh, now you're now you're there and then you get to the top of the mountain you're in the biggest game that there is. And finally got to play a little bit and uh, get back on the field. And uh, next thing you know, the, uh, the you know, the other guys going back out there. Do you have any recollection of getting hit by Mo Lewis that day? You know, not really. I I, um, I remember, you know, I remember kind of laying there on the sidelines and, and getting up. And then I just remember, uh, you know, I remember going back and going back in the game. And, and uh, you know, I mean, I certainly wasn't all there. I had a, con- a pretty serious concussion, I think, in, in addition to the internal stuff. But I remember turning around and asking Mark Edwards, hey, Mark, how do I, you know, I knew I had to go left. Hey, Mark, how do I go left? He goes, say odd. I'm like, oh, yeah, odd, odd. And then we ran and played left. And then he went and he, went and, uh, he and uh, Damon Heward were the ones that ratted me out that I wasn't, uh, wasn't all there because I went to Damon to go over our two-minute plays. And our two-minute plays have been the same for years. You know, it would, uh, it would be, you know, like you coming into your show and asking, hey, which chair do I sit in? Uh, it's, it's kind of that kind of, um, that kind of a simplistic thing. And so they, that's when they went and said, Hey, he's not, uh, he's not all there. And that's when they, uh, that's when they put Tommy in. And then, uh, 
after the game, I tried to go home. Thankfully, the doctors didn't let me do that. But you had, I mean, if they let you go home. Yeah, if they let me go home, I would have died. I, I was bleeding out at about a liter an hour internally. And uh, by the time they got me to the hospital, I was, I was out, and they took a lot of blood out of my body. Thankfully, they, uh, they were able to recycle my blood and put it back in so they didn't have to uh, open my chest up. Um, but it was, uh, it was touch and go there for a while. You're pretty nonchalant about this. No, you know, I lived, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, whatever, 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 whatever doesn't, whatever doesn't kill you. Right. And, uh, uh, um, no, I didn't, I mean, I didn't know how serious it was, serious it was until two or three days after. So I wasn't really aware that there was, that it was really bad until a few days later. Ever talked to Mo Lewis? You know, I never have. He's never sent me flowers. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, uh, how about this? How about this? A Mo Lewis wine called Internal Bleeding. Oh God, yeah. Well, I don't know. I just I is it I, too soon? I, yeah, yeah it's probably <laughs> too soon. It'd probably be too soon. In, internal red. How about internal, internal red, red? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, that, that actually would be, be that would be interesting. That'd be interesting. What would you say if if you saw Mo Lewis at one of these NFL functions? I'd give him a hug. I don't, I don't, I don't have any animosity toward him whatsoever. You know, and you, uh, you know, you opened this segment talking about the roughing the passer stuff. Well, back that, that, that hit was not penalized and it wasn't illegal. You know, that was just the way that the game was played. I was, you know, I was heading toward out of bounds, but I wasn't out of bounds. He hit me. It was, a, it was a hard hit, but it was uh, in that day and age was a clean hit today. It would have been a, a targeting call and he would have been fined $50,000 and, and, um, and all of that. But uh, you know, they've changed the game with, with the intent of trying to, you know, trying to keep quarterbacks in the field. Now they've obviously gone way overboard. I mean, you know, you run by a quarterback and look at him the wrong way and you hurt his feelings. It's 15 yards. Um, um, but, um, but your quarterbacks you know, want this drew. Because Brady said this is the reason why he's able to play at 44. But do you want it as a quarterback? You know, I, I think as a fan and, you know, as, and as a quarterback, I understand the, the desire and the need to protect these star players because, you, you know, you want them on the field. Uh, but they've just they've gone too far with it. You know, I mean, you know, the um, and I think that, the, the you know, the hard part is, I think, for defenders, you know, they, they have to come in and they have to be thinking about, you know, not, you know, because I mean, they're going as hard as they can against the strongest dudes on the planet trying to get there. And all of a sudden they get there. And now when they get there now, they have to stop and pull off. And, and it's uh, so, yes, they've gone too far with it. I understand the the intent of what they're doing, but they've gone too far with it, in my opinion. And and um, have just made it almost impossible to uh, to play defense in a lot of in a lot of ways. He's Drew Bledsoe, former NFL quarterback, former number one overall pick. Uh, and I know you didn't come on to talk about your wine, but let people know about your uh, wine that you've been. Oh yeah. Thanks man. No, we, we're out here making, uh, making wine in my hometown in Walla Walla. Um, got a kick-ass team that is, um, you know, doing everything. We own our own vineyards and make the wine and deliver it. And we're, you know, I think they're making some of the very best wine in the world for us. So it's been a lot of fun. It's called Doubleback. If you want to find it, doubleback.com. Okay. If I want to sound like I know about wine, Mm -hmm. Give me some terminology here. Yeah. Um, so you want some really wine geeky stuff. If okay. you have a wine and you like it and then it's like, you know, you can just say, you know, this is a complete wine. This is um, mm. this has got great balance, nice structure, nice tannin, good fruit, you know, and uh, you can just say it's a complete wine and the wine geeks will leave you alone because then you'll sound like you really know what you're talking about. <laughs> Complex. Complex, complete. complete. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you better at wine or quarterbacking? 
Oh man. You know, it's, they're, they're very similar in a lot of ways in that, you know, I was playing quarterback at a bunch of badass dudes that did the really hard work in front of me and fast guys <laughs> that would go get open. And then I got to take all the credit. Right. You know, and, and, um, and it's the same in this. I, you know, I, I direct a team that, uh, that just kicks ass and makes me look good. Is Mac Jones good or just in a good situation? Both, both, you know, he's, he's, um, he's doing exactly what he's supposed to do. He's accurate, uh, working within the framework of a good offense. Um, but, uh, you know, that's the deal. I mean, in the, in the, in the NFL, um, you know, you need all of it in order to win. Uh, and he's playing very well, uh, but he's also in a, in a good system and in a, on, a, on a team that looks like they're rising at the right time. But knowing Belichick, what do you think he says to Mac Jones? Daily basis or on game day? Jeez, I don't know. Not very much. You know, I mean, he, he, he trusts his, he trusts his, uh, his staff to, to work with him. Um, you know, he's far from verbose when it comes to coaching up the quarterbacks, but, um, but, you know, Mac is a guy that sounds like, and they, they, they do their research. They know what they're drafting and they, you know, he's a guy that's working really hard, smart guy, doing all of the, doing all the little things he has to do during the week. And then on game day, you know, you start as a quarterback, you always have to start with don't make a mistake first. Don't hurt your team. Uh, and he's doing that, which is, which is uh, the most important part of the job. Uh, but then beyond that, he's throwing the ball accurately, getting it out of his hands. He's really doing a nice job. But, so Belichick really is not involved in quarterbacks. You know, at least he wasn't uh, for the couple of years that I was there. He, you know, I mean, you know, we meet with him and he knows what's going on. And, and uh, I know Tommy, you know, met with him quite a bit over the years, just like early in, early in weeks. Um, you know, and there'll be little things here and there, but, but uh, you know, he really lets, uh, you know, Josh McDaniels um, handle that side of the world for him. And, and uh, so, yeah, I don't think he's probably not telling him the whole time. Yeah. I was wondering about that because if you're Brady and then you want out of there, like, can you have fun in there? Like what, what constitutes having fun that maybe Tom was missing in new England? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, he stayed for 20 years. I mean, come on, let's you know, I mean, it had, can't have been that miserable, um, but he was you know, winning and winning and they, were, and they were winning and winning kind of cures everything. Winning's always fun. Um, but uh, I remember Tommy did tell me a story a few years ago. I think they, it was like, they'd been together 17 years, something like that. And I was like, Hey, is Bill, is he kind of lightened up over the years? And he goes, man, you know, there are times when, like, he'll walk by me in the hallway and not say hi. Like, he'll just me in the hallway. You know, after 17 years, the most successful run of a quarterback and, and coach ever. And, you know, like, you know, yeah, he's still kind of the same guy. He's just very focused, very business. But he, uh, but no, you can have fun. I mean, come on, it's football. They had a lot of fun. Um, and Bill, actually, you know, he can lighten up and have fun. When yeah, he, everybody says that chooses to. I saw him at a wine deal one time um, uh, right after we had started and he came over and brought Bears his assistant. They came over and they were there you know, sipping on some wine. He was laughing. He was joking. And I was like, man, who, who is this <laughs> imposter and what have they done with Belichick? Because that's not the guy I played for but he, uh, you know, he gets, uh, you get him outside of a football setting and he actually, uh, he actually can lighten up and have some fun. By the way, Drew has a, uh, a cab that just got 95 points. I think your cab got 95, right? Yeah, I don't know. Those, well, those wine critics. Oh, wine, here we go. Wine critics, wine critics, and sports writers—they're all the same. Come on, no, put you put them in a bag and beat them with a stick. <laughs> I, I always put it this way: they've, they've been, they've been really, they've been really good to us. The critics have been, but I always feel like we deserve more. But, um, but uh, no, they, they, the critics have been good to us, um, and uh, the wine sells fast. But I just always feel like our team has done such a killer job that they need more than ninety-five points. But you don't want ninety-five as a quarterback rating, do you? 
Um, well, I, you know, there were some times when I would have taken it, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, particularly in Buffalo when it's pissing down rain and blowing sideways, so, you know, if I could complete two or three passes, I felt like I was doing pretty good. What made you want to go to Buffalo? Well, it wasn't my choice. They traded me to Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, but could you and- have said, I don't want to go to Buffalo? Uh, I could I could have played you know hardball and just okay. said I was going to retire or whatever um, and done that. But you know I think the reaction though it's like everybody that goes to Buffalo I think has a similar reaction because nobody chooses that right. You know like oh I don't want to be exiled to Western New York and play in the rain and all that. But then once you're there as a player it's it's awesome. I mean I, I loved playing there. I think most guys that end up going there end up really loving playing there. The fans are fantastic. Um, the weather is atrocious. Um, but it's, it's really a cool place to play ball. It's like playing pro ball in a college town, you know? And, uh, you know, I'd, so it's kind of funny because I, you know, I don't know how many people ever choose to choose Buffalo as a free agent, but, um, but once you get there, it's pretty awesome. Great to talk to you. Uh, are you featured in any more of these episodes or are you one and done with uh, Tom Brady? I truly have no idea, Dan. I really don't. I, my, my, my guess is probably just the one because then they, they move on. And, uh, but, um, um, but I don't know. I'll have to go check it out. Was Brady a better beer chugger than you? He actually was pretty fast. I, I, you know, I never, I was never very fast drinking beer. It was, you know, it was, it was more of a, a slow volume game. But uh, yeah, Brady, <laughs> he, could, uh, he, could, he could back in the day. He could, he could, uh, he could, he could shotgun a beer pretty fast. Ross Tucker talks about Brady as an old timer. Yeah, no, he was, he was, he was, he was pretty good at that. Now, I mean, you know, now he doesn't even drink at all. I think he has a little bit of red wine in the off season. He actually did. I, you know, we couldn't ship wine to Massachusetts for a long time. And so I sent his first shipment of wine. I sent it to his dad in California and his dad drank it all. all. <laughs> uh, but I think he, but I think he will have a glass of wine every now and then, um, you know, maybe in the off season, but uh, I don't know. I wonder when the last time was that he actually had a beer. I really have no idea. Well, might have been on the boat. Yeah, it sounds like he had a lot of something when he was on the boat. <laughs> but I, I don't know if that was beer. Yeah, it sounds like it was tequila. Uh, hey, great to talk to you again, as always. And uh, good luck with the cab, and uh, thanks for joining us. You got it, buddy. I'll come see you next time I'm in uh, Connecticut. Yeah, stop by. Stop by for a meet Friday. Okay, we will do. And bring wine. we Will do. Okay, do thank you, bud. Right. It's uh, Drew Bledsoe, the former NFL quarterback. Yeah, he stood out episode one. With uh, the docu-series about Tom Brady, man in the arena. Yeah, Paulie. Don't you wish a guy like him was doing more sports media stuff? He seems like he had great stories and great... I think he's got a pretty good life. A sense of humor about himself. Yeah, yeah. Making wine is chill. I think he's good. Remember when we had him in studio and he put the dent in the wall? Yeah, we... You know, it's one of those where there's certain quarterbacks when they throw and you can hear the ball. And he was one of those that you could go, whew, that sounds like it's going to hurt. And he was retired at the time, but uh, he's got a good gig. It's in his hometown, making wine, probably made uh, $150 million in his career. McLovin? It's not bad. Yeah. How many quarterbacks could throw harder than Drew Bledsoe? But from what I saw in the old man cave, I mean, there's probably well, only a Elway, handful. Elway yeah. and Favre, definitely. There are guys who could probably throw farther but as far as that 20-yard bullet, um, you know, Rodgers can let it go. Brady can let it go. I'm sure Josh Allen. Josh Allen can throw at 80. Uh, 
Warren Moon had a Warren Moon could throw the best deep ball I ever saw. Uh but yeah, Elway, Elway would like split fingers on his receivers. This before you could wear gloves. Uh, but yeah, I'd put him in Favre. Yeah, McLovin. Wasn't there? Was it Elway who they had to adjust the jugs machine to some like do some science on it? Remember, we just talking about that. Sorry, where hmm. Elway like they couldn't figure out how to recreate his passes, so they had to have a scientist come in and fix a jugs machine to go faster. Even oh, I didn't know that. I heard it on this show. Oh, did you? <laughs> was I here? You were there, but oh. you know, you've done a lot of these. Uh, okay. Yeah. So you're trying to get the jugs gun up to a certain speed. In LA, you couldn't recreate, obviously. Uh, yes, Todd. I remember the receivers talking about how they were afraid they're going to have their fingers broken, or one of the three amigos, I think it was Mark Jackson, said he left a little X on his chest from the football. That's how hard he was winging it. Yeah, they would tell, I think they called it the Elway cross. And you would get hit by the tip of the ball, and it would leave a cross on you. <laughs> Far through hard, too. Yeah, Paul. Are there any good, great quarterbacks who didn't have a good arm? Montana. It was, it was average, right? Yeah. Man. Yeah. Does that make, Steve Young didn't have a great arm. Does that make Montana more impressive, what he did? No, I think what it is is we get caught up in, he, he's got a cannon for an arm. Well, Okay, is it accurate? Like, if, if you're shooting a cannon, you don't have to be that accurate. Like, I'd like to know if, you know, you, you have a, a cannon for an arm, but you're shooting an arrow. Like, that's what I want to know. Can you put it where you need to put it? Like, man, that guy's got a cannon. Okay. What's that mean? Punt, pass, and kick, he's going to be great. I want to know, can you put it into a small window there? I mean, Mac Jones doesn't look like he has a great arm. Yeah, McLeod. Trey Lance throws it too hard to catch right now, and he kind of winds up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know, you see Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's got that little flick. The, the prettiest ball I ever saw thrown was Joe Namath. There was, there was magic about it. There was something so effortless. Now, Rodgers is similar to that, but you go back and watch Namath. And back then, you know, they weren't throwing five-yard outs. Like, when you threw the ball, chances are you're throwing the ball 20 yards or further. And Joe had that ability to just flick. And he could throw it 60 yards, just a flick. And it, it was beautiful, beautiful to watch. All right, last call for phone calls. What we've learned, what's in store tomorrow. By the way, smoked turkey tomorrow, sausage stuffing, smoked green Nobody. bean. Oh, no, hold on. I'm sorry. Hold on. Sorry about that. We're having, we're celebrating Thanksgiving tomorrow. Smoked turkey, sausage stuffing, smoked green bean casserole, homemade cranberry sauce, smoked pumpkin pie. Who's got it better than us? Nobody. Nobody. Yes, Polly. This is going to be the best Thanksgiving ever. It's like Thanksgiving with all the good stuff, but none of your relatives are attending. This is the best. Yes. Thank you, Dan Patrick. Yeah, we're going to take a break after this. The holiday season's a lot of fun, but it's also a lot of stress. What do I get my family? What do I get the Danettes that I haven't already given them? I've given them a life, but that's why sleep's a priority this time of the year. I get invited to holiday parties, and I might show up, grab a couple of cookies or maybe a beverage, but it's also the busiest time of the year for sports. comes down to the choice. Would I rather drink eggnog with a neighbor that I may not like or watch midweek Mac games and go to bed on time? Every day's a Super Bowl. Got to be at my A game. That means a great night's sleep and my sleep night 
number bed, sleep number setting 75. The official sleep and wellness partner, the National Football League. It's time for Sleep Number's Black Friday special. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed plus special financing only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash Patrick. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments are required. See sleepnumber.com slash Patrick for details. Biggest sale, Black Friday specials. Save 50% on that Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is the Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of the Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Man, that was a cl- quick show. By the way, I was talking about Warren Moon, one of the best deep ball throwers. Today's his birthday. He's 65. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow, final results of the poll question. Um, I want to bring back this uh, comment that Sean Payton had on the taunting rule. Here's the Saints head coach last hour. Where do you stand on the taunting rule? I think it's I think it's being over officiated. I, I sat in on like the the, the discussions. I, I think I don't think any of us that discussed it saw it where it is now. Who was asking for it, Coach? Because I didn't know that it was you know this uh, real dilemma. Like this is a big problem in the NFL with with. Yeah, content. look, I think here's but, but in fairness to that question. It, it's like anything else. The line's got to be eventually bright. You know, when you start having players stand over players, you know, crawl over players with their crotch, that, that there's, there's got to be like, hey, if, if, if you and I watch a game and we say, just sit next to each other and turn to each other and we say taunting, that's probably a taunting foul. You with me? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, there's part, you know, when when somebody tackles you and they do climb over you, I, I think that's above and beyond the call of duty. Uh, but some of these others, if I look at you, how I look at you, like I don't know how you can say the Packers running the entire length of the field after a turnover, their defense, and then they pose for a picture in the end zone. Feels like you're taunting the other team. Because you're not looking at them, therefore their feelings can't get hurt? Yes. Yeah, That's flaunting, Dan. Oh, not, flaunting. Not taunting. Not they flaunting, were flaunting. Flaunting. Much different scenario. By the way, quarterbacks who have their own wines. We just had Drew Bledsoe on. He makes double back. Joe Montana has a wine. Rick Meyer, former Notre Dame quarterback, has a wine. John Elway has a wine. Did you know that, Todd? I did. Actually, I did. And he had that Toyota dealership where he used to have. That's not what I'm asking. I, I think I did. I don't know what it's called, but I think I, I know he's got a restaurant, too. Nah, felt like you didn't know you threw in the car dealership. And the Elway restaurant. If you go to the Denver airport, it says El, there's an Elway restaurant. In yeah, there. I think it's called Seven Cellars. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. You had no idea. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know about the You're one. a liar. Yes, Paul. 
Fritzy, how'd you miss quarterbacks that whine? Philip Rivers. Oh, he must have one. <laughs> he does. Philip Rivers have one? Uh, no, he doesn't drink. <laughs> yeah, but he can make it for other people who drink. He doesn't make wine. He whines. I thought it was because they're so used to receivers whining about not getting the ball. They had to just do that after they play. Quarterbacks are so used to being around whiners. Mm, Is that a stretch? Yeah, a little kinda, bit of a stretch. You kind of held on. Right. Paulie's line. Dan Marino has a, a wine as well called Passing Time. Uh, let's see. Go around the room. What we learned. Uh, final results of the poll question, McLovin. It was Matt Ryan versus Drew Bledsoe. Whose career do you want? 50-50. It's like the perfect... Whose career would you want? I didn't ask Drew Bledsoe whose career he would want, his or Matt Ryan's. I should have. Drew's got a ring. Matty Ice, MVP. This day in sports history, Paulie. 1943, Philadelphia Phillies president William Cox was banned from baseball for betting on his own team. 1949, Jackie Robinson won the NL MVP. 1966, Sandy Koufax of the Dodgers announced his retirement at a very young age. And this is a bad one, of course. It's 1985. Joe Theismann, Monday Night Football, broke his leg after being hit by Lawrence Taylor. That ended his 12-year career. Johnny Bench on this date, 1970, won the uh, MVP. Uh, Andre Dawson on this day, the first player from a last-place team to win MVP. MVP, is that announced today, McLevin? Tonight, Tonight? I think 6 o'clock Eastern. And you're going to have both MVPs come from teams that didn't make the playoffs? Right, uh, because it's Tatis, Harper, or Soto. And yeah, I don't think that's Shoei's. ever happened before. It's going to be Otani, right? In the I, American I, League. I would either that oh, or, or Vlad Guerrero. Oh, it's Vlad Guerrero made a run at him? Okay. Yeah. So Toronto could end up having the MVP and Cy Young winner, but not be in a playoff team. And Phillies could have had the Cy Young winner and the MVP and didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, McLovin. This is going to sound strange, but I'd rather have Bryce Harper win the MVP than have gotten to a wild card game and lost. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like MVP lasts the wild card. Is that a big deal? Yeah. Well, I, I, it feels like if you're going to be most valuable, you're going to make the playoffs. Like, how valuable are you? Could the Cubs have finished last without Andre Dawson? They've done it many times before. <laughs> yes, they could have. We could do it many times since. <laughs> Uh, hey, we, we couldn't have finished last without you. Yes, Tom. Could you have a somewhat valuable player? Can you have a Scott Van Pelt give out the SVP? Could you do that? I don't know. Uh, All right. Acknowledge the fact that how valuable can you be if you can't get anywhere near the World Series? You got your rally cap on? Is that what you're doing? I'm here? trying. I got, I got a minute and a half. I didn't know about Elway's wine. It made me feel guilty. Uh, Brady Quinn on the program tomorrow. Darius Rucker is going to join us. Ooh, we are really, really approaching Friday Fritzy. He may be late because he doesn't believe in time. But I'm hoping he'll be punctual. Oh. Maybe you should hold his hand together. Oh. <laughs> I could rock him like a wagon wheel or something. I don't know. All right, that's the end of that. I know, but this... Oh, I know, I know. No, this is I, what happens. I got some really, really deep doubts about tomorrow's show. Trade let him cry. The meat Friday. <laughs> let him cry. Friday Fritzy. It's going to be a lot of food tomorrow. What early Thanksgiving Friday Fritzy. You were doomed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You yes. are doomed. We're all doomed. We only have two guests right now. All right. I left some room for breaking news. You can't just throw everybody in there. i got to leave you space. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> Did I make that noise? Yes. That was a weird crack. Why do you do, where does that come from? I don't from? know. It's like saliva got stuck with me. You can't drop that this late in the show. These <laughs> are moves are breaking are you, news. What are you, doing? you can't do that this late in the show. That was like the start of your Lou Holter presentation. Okay. I don't know what... <laughs> 
I'm not sure what that noise was. But various noises come out of me throughout the course of the show. You're not kidding. <laughs> you don't need to know about them all. I try to excuse myself, but sometimes the, the, the mic is on. <laughs> Todd, what'd you learn on today's show? Someone, I'm going to try to talk. About, someone may want to let Sports Center know, even if we appreciate everything they do to their bodies, that wrestling's fake. It's scripted. <laughs> <laughs> McLovin, what'd you learn? John Elway has a, a wine. Yeah, seven sellers. Sellers. All right. <laughs> it's morphing into your Lou Holtz. That's what's happening right now. What we learned brought to you by, <laughs> by Masterclass. They're Mercedes-Benz GLE. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Not nice. Mercedes-Benz is about or nothing. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Got a little tongue tied. Thank you, Todd. Seton, Pauly, Fritzy, McLovin, yours truly. This has been the Dan Patrick <laughs> Show. One more item as we close out this Thursday show. Puerto Rico is the new go-to destination for quality investment opportunities. But finding the right project to invest in can be a pretty tough task. That's where Impeller comes in, taking the guesswork out of the equation. I-M-P-E-L-L-E-R. Impeller is a new online tool spearheaded by Invest Puerto Rico that facilitates connections between investors in on-island projects looking for capital. Discover innovative projects all across the island there. You have healthcare, you have tech, you have clean energy, visitor economies, commercial real estate, and Impeller's easy-to-use features allow you to get right to the deal. You find out financials, uh, company background, leadership, performance needs. You can make informed decisions. Visit investpr.org forward slash Impeller. Set up your account today. Then gain access to quality, innovative deals that are right for the taking. Impeller. Impeller, your hub for investment opportunities in Puerto Rico. Powered by Invest Puerto Rico.